something you've been putting off. Maybe you say, someday I'll do that, or when I have more time. Whether the item is a big bucket list item or something smaller like going on a hike, now is the time to start your Say Yes list. And we have the perfect process to help you turn these items into reality. Join thousands of others with our free Say Yes list template at thesayyesexperience.com forward slash list. It'll help you stop living in that someday and start making those list items come true today. So download it now at thesayyesexperience.com forward slash list. Welcome to the Say Yes Experience podcast, where we inspire you to get out of your comfort zone and into possibilities. Our mission at the Say Yes Experience is to empower 10 million people to say yes. If you're new here, welcome. We're thrilled you're here. I'm Just Corrector. I co-founded the Say Yes Experience with my then nine-year-old son, Blaze, based off his idea to let's just say yes to things. I'm one of the top experts on burnout, and companies and conferences hire me to present on mental health, wellness, and burnout prevention. As the number one best-selling author of 11 books, keynote speaker, and a burnout specialist, I've seen so much with our clients. The Say Yes Experience was started to help you really start living, to do the things that light you up, have more fun, and turn your dreams, or what we call Say Yes list items, into reality. So thank you for investing in yourself and being here. Now let's make it happen. In our last episode, we created the foundation to better handle your money by focusing on your mindset around it, which is really the starting point. Today, it's all about knowing where your money goes so you can create financial freedom and have money for the things you want and love, like travel, experiences, and even retirement. So if you have kids or know someone who does, this is also the perfect episode as we'll get into how to teach your kids all about money, beginning with how to have conversations about it. I am so excited to welcome my guest today. We're talking about money. Just come back as a financial advisor, and she is here to help you budget and stick with the budget. And first, Jessica, let's start off with Larry's budget to begin with. So, well, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to come on and share some information. And, and first, I want to start with the word budget doesn't mean broke and it doesn't mean bread and water, right? I think some people have just such a negative connotation about finances and budgeting yes. that they literally are like, I don't want to do a budget, right? It is just you telling your money where it went versus wondering where on earth it's going. So thanks well, for I having like, me. I like it. It's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about how to create a budget. Yeah. So everyone's budget is going to look a, a little bit different based on their financial circumstances. But I think there's some rules of thumb that most people can kind of start with if they just yeah. simply don't even know where to start. Right. Yeah. So as a financial advisor, I've been doing this for 10 years and we've really seen great success in helping people create their budgets and lead to wealth creation. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I find beneficial is to think about it just from a high level of a 50, 30, 20 rule. Okay. Mm. And 50% of your money, no more than 50% should be on your needs, right? Mm. Needs are definitely not wants. So understanding the difference between the need and the want, I want a new grill that is not a need, right? But I need lights on in my house. 
And that is okay. Me. So if we think about your income, not more than 50% should be going to needs, not more than 30% should be going to wants, and at least 20% should be going to savings and or debt repayment. Okay, so let's break that down. So 50% are needs. So lights on, rent or mortgage, food, back end or need, I would assume. Right? That is a need. That's not a Not dining out, not going out to eat, but eat some food to consume, right? Okay, food, food to consume, but then also like gas, electric, water, all those kind of things, they're all needs. Now, if we want to get specific jessica we're going to the grocery store and we're looking at needs right because some people can leave the grocery store and other people leave the grocery store so we have people in the family with the needs that are four hundred dollars so can we get real specific on even when we're going to the grocery store, are we buying all organic stuff? Are we buying top of the line premium everything? Or is it middle How do we define that? Because if we're trying to be real stick to a budget, we need specific on what that looks like. Sure. And I, again, depending on your income and your financial yeah. situation, if you choose to spend your money on organic only, fine, as long as you're going to probably have to sacrifice somewhere else, right? And as okay. long as you know that, that's fine. If that's important to you, and that's right. a need, um, what I would say is you don't need that Starbucks in the morning, right? That is clearly a want. It is not okay. life sustaining stuff. So that has to hit your want money. So Got it. think okay. about that, how you spend it. If you going out to eat isn't mm -hmm. a need, that is also a want. Yes, it's still food, but it is not a need. That's a luxury. Okay, perfect. And then 20% savings, that makes sense. So savings or loan repayment. How do you distinguish what if somebody wants to save, but they still have loans out? How should they be divvying up that 20%? Yeah. So again, part of that's going to be dependent on what interest rate they're paying on that debt. You know, some people have got themselves in a bind and they might have a credit card at 32.99% interest. You will never get out of that hole, right? So if oh you have $1,000 in the bank for your emergency fund, every penny should be going to that debt reduction in my humble oh my opinion. God. Right. Right. So I, I think it just it, it depends on how ugly that debt is. If your debt is at zero percent interest, well, we don't have to be super ambitious to pay it off really fast. Know when that zero percent interest turns to an interest rate and or when it's going to start, you know, generating uh, bills, higher bills for you, what, what has to happen and then have a plan. Try to divide that out so that. You know, if the interest is going to start in June, you have it paid off by May so that you don't incur because they will backdate all that interest for you. So, okay, you so know. Jessica, so are you saying, let's just say for simplicity's sake, the 20% at the end of a month is $1,000, right? The 20% that you put towards saving or interest reduction. So how much of that 20% should go into savings and how much should go into interest reduction. I know you said it depends on the amount of interest, but are you saying in some situations that whole thousand dollars should go towards interest reduction and none towards savings? 
Yeah. So let's uh, like, let's just talk about maybe a sample budget for the average person, right? Okay. For a minute. And if yeah. you think about your housing expenses, anything associated uh, with your mortgage and house insurance type stuff, that shouldn't be more than 30% of your income. Okay. okay. And that's net income. Don't calculate it on your gross or this stuff won't work. Right. right. So if you think about 30% in your housing, that does not include utilities. Okay. Utilities should run around 10%. Okay. Um, by the time you do your internet, right. Again, it could be debated is internet a necessity or a want. Right. But if we say utilities are 10%, See mm -hmm. how close you can get groceries off of your income, 10%. And then you use transportation that would include your car loan if you have one, a gas, okay. everything shouldn't be more than 10%. And then I think where you were going is if you have this debt repayment, if you were putting 10% for your debt repayment, 10% to savings. Okay. 5% for dining out and then uh, miscellaneous insurances, uh, auto expenses, 5%, clothing, 5% and entertainment, 5%. Kind of gives you areas in money in each bucket. I would challenge you if you're really upside down, forego your entertainment and apply it to your debt, right? It is, mm. it is hard, but it is easier to really bear down and not spend as much for a shorter period of time than feel like you're heavily restricted for a long period of time. Yeah. And what's crazy is when I think about dining out, a lot of people want I'm just going to quickly go through this drive through because I don't have time, right? A lot of it's time function and think drive through fast food can be people in such a hurdle because we say, well, it's only $8. It's only $10. When you're doing that, if you think about $10 a week, that's $40 a month, right? Also, by the time you're sitting in that drive through line, and going through that drive-through line, you could have made your sandwich before you left your house, right? And saved the time. And so a lot of people are doing that and they validate it by saying, I don't have the time whenever, or I don't have the energy when I get home to make something. Well, I have a bowl of cereal, a sandwich or something quick. And that's what I, that's something that I tell myself if I'm like, oh, I don't really, and I don't really particularly think this food is the healthiest option anyways. Um, but so a combination, you know, if you want to save time, if you're wanting a healthier option, you can quickly make yourself something at home in the time that it actually takes to go through the drive-through, wait for your food and get out the other side as well. Um, and I would challenge you in today's world, it's not $8 anymore, right? Someone just not. went to Jimmy John's and it was $15 for Jimmy John's. Okay, that's a hunk of bread and they got a, a popping and some chips. Like that wasn't... That's $15. One person, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. $15 for a, sand a sandwich? Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Oh, it's crazy. So I love how you break down the budget like that for us to get really, really clear. And that's what it takes. And then how do you stay true to that budget? Because we can just people think that people are going to say, okay, that's great. Now I've got to keep all my my receipts. I've got to like really track everything. How much time is that going to take me to do? 
So I don't think it has to be hard. A lot of your bills are the same. Like, you know what your garbage bill is. It's the same every month when it comes. You know what your, you know, cell phone bill is. It should be the same every month. You know what some of those are. So you don't have to track them per se on a monthly basis. You have them in the budget for what they cost. If the price changes, you need to go adjust your budget but it's not anything you have to keep receipts on. Oftentimes when I think about groceries, that's one where people overspend, right? Mm. And so you can do it one of two ways. I encourage you in the beginning, it's painful, but to go get cash out of the bank, put it in a little envelope and that's your grocery money. When that green stuff is gone, then don't buy more, right? Figure it out. A couple of times of you running out halfway through the month, you'll stop, you'll figure it out, you'll get much better. But you can't just use your debit card anymore. You can't just throw everything on your credit card anymore. You have to change some of those habits because once you do, you'll be more astute to what you're really spending and that will keep your budget on track. I know people who actually put money in envelopes so they can keep better track of it. And they're like, well, once it's gone, it's gone. They knew exactly how much they had every month that they were spending because it went in an envelope. Yeah. And in fact, I did this with my kids. So I think a super important piece of this is we have to be having money conversations with our kids, but more yes. than talking to them, we have to show them, right? Because they pick up way more when we show them versus just speak at them. And we have a budget for groceries. It goes in an envelope. Uh, the kids got to go, you know, you can pick whatever stuff you want, right? I don't care what it is. But when they first when they first started this, the first time they did it, they were like picking up all these snacks and things that I wouldn't normally buy. And I said, okay, but remember, this is all the money that you guys have. So halfway through the week, they were like, hey, we don't have any milk. And I was like, oh, ooh, that sounds tough. And they were like, yeah. And they said, well, can you pick some up? And I said, is the money in the envelope? And they said, well, no, we used it. And I said, oh, I guess you'll have water with your cereal or something. I, I don't know what to tell you. We're out of money. And they're like, mom, we have money. And I was like, no, your envelope is empty. They oh never gosh. made that mistake again. They always kept, they learned to keep always five bucks in just in case they forgot something. Right? But you, you have to show them. <laughs> Gosh, that's and that's gross. Um, or I guess you're just gonna have some toast for breakfast. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I love that. So, how do you? So, and you gave them the responsibility, right? You can get whatever you want, and <laughs> teaches them about it. So, how do you divvy up that money for them in the envelope? I mean, how do you decide how much money is going in that envelope? For them specifically, because I'm just thinking, oh, this is something I can do for my son. There's, you know, two of us, but I don't want what I'm eating as well. So how do you divvy that up? Yeah, so I have my regular kind of grocery money, and then the kids would have, you know, um, 10 to $15 a week that if they chose to spend it, they could save it and they could get pizza with it or whatever, um, because that's not something I also would 
I felt like it's wasting money. But if they want to save it and go to the ice cream store one night and use part of it, that's fine. That was their money. But they, because I have two kiddos, they had to decide together. They had to be in agreement of how it was spent. Because they said life isn't just about one of you, right? You guys have to work together. Uh, to figure such it a out. great lesson. Yeah, such a great lesson. So you just gave him like 10 bucks or something and said, this is yours, this is yours for the week. Yeah. Okay. And you can pick up any like, you know, I have all the great, I do meal prep planning. And so I would know this is what we're having. But if they wanted something that I'm not going to pick up, then they use their money to get it. Even though milk would have been my item, but they, they used it all. So they should have figured that out. Do you want to start saying yes, but you just don't know where to start? And oftentimes when we don't know where to start, we just don't start. So we created an ebook just for you. We put together 101 ways to say yes in this ebook. Ideas, big and small, things that only take a small amount of time, like one to two minutes. Whether you're saying yes to yourself and your family, relationships, or pushing yourself lovingly outside of your comfort zone with adventures. It's all made to really help you become more of your rock star self. So you can get this ebook at thesayyesexperience.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K. So if you want to start saying yes, or maybe you need some ideas on how to say yes because you get so caught up in being busy and doing tasks and projects or doing laundry and cooking that the time flies by and you want to spend time with your family but you just don't know how to say yes. Those ideas just don't come to you. We put it together to make it super, super easy for you. So go to thesayyesexperience.com forward slash book to get your copy today and start saying yes now. Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed, or burned out? We get it, you're not alone. In fact, according to our research, 79% of the workforce is in burnout and almost half are in extreme burnout. In fact, it's the number one reason why people are leaving organizations. They're burned out. They're looking for something more. They're looking for something better. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have your solution. It's called Blaze Your Brain to Extinguish Burnout. 52 Keys to Prevent breakthrough and eliminate burnout. You can find your copy at jessicarector.com forward slash store. Now this is a great tool that you can use with yourself, with your colleagues, within your organization. Everyone can get one and you can go through one a week with them. And at the end you can say, what was something that worked this week? What was the success you had? So you can champion and encourage each other. You can also ask what were the challenges and issues that came up so you can mastermind and brainstorm around those to keep those from coming up in the future. So make sure you get your copy at justcorrector.com forward slash store. All books are autographed with a personal message just for you. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's such a good lesson. So how can we start having conversations with our kids about money, about creating a budget? Because oftentimes, especially for me, I find myself just saying no. And then he'll be like, well, why can't I have that? And I'm like, well, because we're not just buying stuff just for the sake of buying stuff. But I think I need some better language around that. And so... 
I also want to set him up for success. I had told him, you know, so if mommy starts giving you money, this is how it's going to work. Kind of it's going to go to savings, long-term savings. Part of it is going like, meaning like bigger things, college, cars, stuff like that. But then you can just go spend it all, right? I want him to also recognize that there's things that he may want longer time. I mean, if he wants something a little more expensive, it costs a hundred dollars or something that he needs to save and work up to that. And then I don't want him to just have money and say, oh, well, now I can go buy these toys that I'll be done within two days. So how can we start having those conversations and and giving them the responsibility of money? And how do we know how much to give them to teach them it too? So I, you can address this any different way. I'm not saying my way is right, um, but here's kind of what I did in, in that conversation. So when they're young, they obviously can't go and get jobs, right? But in, in Michigan at 14, they can work. So my kids both had jobs at 14. At age 14, when they had their English Income, they got to keep 10% of every paycheck to spend however they choose. Now, I have one that will spend it. I have the other one that still saves it, but that's their choice. It's in their envelope. They can choose to do. I don't, I don't do anything with that. They have to save the rest of that. So they have, um, they have to do something giving it away, whether it's a charity, a church or whatever, they have to do something with 10% of it, something beyond themselves. And then the rest of it is saved for long-term. So once they have earned income, I actually make them put 50% of it into their Roth because they have earned income and they will not use that until retirement. And then the other money is for, you know, at some point if they want to buy later and like a down payment for a house, it's it's not anything that they're going to touch in their near future, but it mm-hmm. would be accessible if they needed it, right? So that, that's kind of how I broke it up when they were young. And even now, my kids are 16 and 18, we have a family contribution. Just because you live in this house, there are things that you have to do. And I am not paying you for them. Like, Mm. this is your job, right? And you Mm -hmm. don't get paid for it. It's just because you live in this house. But Mm -hmm. if I ask you to do extra, like we had a deck project and we had nails that fell all in between all the rocks and it was miserable. So I said, great, I'll pay you a nickel per nail. Keep them in a container, count them, and then let me know what I owe you. Right. So I will pay them for extra work they do, but I will not just I I don't believe giving them an allowance and doing nothing is doing anything but creating entitled children. My two cents. Yeah, well, I totally get that because my son Blaze had asked me, can I do chores around the house? And I don't like that word. Another another trigger word for me is chores because when you someone says chores, nobody wants to do that, right? It doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound inviting for anyone to do chores. So I said, you know, where did you learn that word? Because I don't use that word. And he said, well, some kids at school said it, but they get paid for chores. And I said, we don't have chores in this house. We have what we call like helpful tasks, like helpful things we're going to do. And so I said, when you broke your pay, he was like, well, why not? And I said, well, because you live in the house with me. So it's you and I, and we both have to contribute. I said, I don't get paid for doing those helpful tasks around the house. And he said, you have a job. And I, you know, and I do, right? So he said, you have all the money. I have none. So I like that at least he's wanting to do stuff to earn money. To yeah. get many because then he wants 
to do stuff with that money. But I also believe that you're not going to get paid to take out the trash. You're not going to get paid to help empty the dishwasher. You use the dishes, you throw things in the trash, just like I do. So we both have to be responsible for those things. And he's really good at it. And I told him, well, go get a job. You know, just suggest, go get a job. And so, you know, my train as a keynote speaker. And that day he got hired. Actually, someone called and said, you know, we want him to come and keynote speak. And he's like, and I was like, right. So we're not just going to get that money to go spend whatever you want, right? We're going to break it down. You're going to get some, but then you're also going to have to see some. So I love how you also say 10% that he has to get, that your children had to give away because I'm going to implement that too. He's a very, he gives, gives, gives when he sees homeless people, he wants to help them. Uh, so he can start giving from his pocketbook. So I love that idea of being able to give himself in that way to help other people out and to have those conversations. But I'm like you, Jessica, those chores are just things because you, you live in this house and we want to set our kids up for success. So how, what can we do as adults if we have kids or young children around that we can do our best to not impart our many mindset issues because we all have many mindset issues and problems and challenges to not impart those same things on our kids, which is a challenge in itself, right? That we don't want to spread that to them. What can we do and make sure that we're setting our kids up for success? I really think it is having open conversations with them. I think it's the families that don't talk about money. They're not helping their children. The one that it's just doom and gloom all the time. You have to teach them. How do we fix this, right? It's okay to have your kids see you struggle or make choices about, look at, it's not, I, I can't get everything. You know, I, could you go buy it? Sure, but that wouldn't be responsible, right? So really walking them through. So we play this little game. When we go out to dinner, uh, we'll say, okay, how much do we think the bill is, right? And I want them to start thinking about what things cost because mm -hmm. if they have no concept and then we break it down for them because again, my kids are older and, I, and we say, well, how many hours of work you working does that take yes. to build that back? You know, my kids had a rude awakening when taxes happened and they were like, what, why am I not getting all this money? And I was like, oh, it's called taxes and you get to pay them. And they're like, but I'm a kid. And I'm like, we don't care. You pay taxes. And they're like, am I going to get it back? I'm like, probably not ever. Yes. So, oh my gosh. But again, it's really good for them to start understanding that. And, you know, my daughter was at a, a soccer event and the coach, you know, was being kind of funny. And he says, uh, yeah, I own I own part of this building. Right. And he's meaning it because he spends a lot of time there. And so my daughter says, oh, you have stock in this. And he was no, like she knew that when you own stock, you own a piece of the companies, right? Yes. And then, he, you know, he was like, well, you have no idea what stock is. And she was like, yes, I do. And here's how it works. And da, 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 right. Because we have these conversations, partly because of my profession and it is top of mind for me, but mm -hmm. I also didn't have this as a kid, right? As a kid, if the, if my uh, government teacher wouldn't have said to me, Hey, did you know if you could save a hundred dollars a month for 10 years, you could have a million dollars in, you know, 60 years. I had no idea. 
right? I that wasn't that. anything that I computed and no one was talking to me about saving money. We were right. just trying to pay our bills, right? So I think if you can be having those conversations, I bring young kids in all the time and we look at, hey, if you're saving this, what could this be worth when you're 50, you know, and they're 15 and the number is huge. And they are like, we are amazing. Right. Uh But if you can have those conversations, it's great. As a financial advisor, there have been multiple times where the parents are terrible with money and they're like, oh, but I want you to talk to my kid. Please help my kid. Right. Because they're not in a spot that they're just digging out of a hole. And now I see these 20 year olds that are on track to have millions of dollars because they are laser focused to not do it the way mom and dad did and have some guidance not just yeah. hoping that they're doing the right thing and throwing some darts at the board, hoping it sticks. They've got a right. plan. Yeah. And what I also love about it is when it becomes their money, they start spending it differently. They start looking at it differently. They're like, like my son got money from the Easter Bunny and he went to the store and he said, okay, I want these Nerf guns. And I said, are you sure? Cause that's going to take up about 75% of your money. And he said, no, I still want it. And then, he had him for a couple of days. He's like, nope, I don't want him anymore. And he's like, you know, this one doesn't work. And so we had to take him back. But he was like, that's what happens when it becomes your own money. Then you're more conscious of how much something costs. And do I really want it? Do I really want it? And back and forth and spent it. It's just, it's just sitting there because he also realizes that there's stuff that he wants cost a lot more than that. They just got to save up for that. If we don't ever learn the value of money, or if we wait until we're an adult to learn the value of money, then I don't think we have as good of a handle on money as we do when we start, when when we're younger. I became very cognizant of the value of money when I started working, but also when I started taking a class in school where you had to write checks, you know, and yeah. at the end of that time, when you have no money, you're like, I still want these books that I got to pay in this class, right? And I have no money to pay them. The value of money. So I love that. And start having conversations with our kids because the more we do, about many, the more we're setting them up for long-term success as well. Yeah. And I love your your son in that moment. He had like the spendthrift, like he was like, ooh, instant gratification. And then you can tell that's not going to be his innate nature because it's still setting there, right? So he did it once. He learned from that, ooh, that wasn't so good. And now he's going to be less likely to do it moving forward. Yes. And I love that. And he even in the moment, I said, okay, well, that only leaves you with this much left. Are you sure you want to do that? Yep, I'm sure. Yep, I'm sure. And then once he got home, it was like all the excitement wore off, and he was like, "No, don't really, don't really want to only have this much money because he also was getting more money." It's not like when we have a job, we know more more money's coming in, and I think that also hinders us as adults that we go and spend because we know more money's coming in in two weeks or you know when the next paycheck comes or when the next revenue comes into the business we know more money is coming in so we have no problem spending that anticipating that more money not knowing that we're overspending still and part of the problem is now there are companies that 
capitalize on this. And so people are spending their money they're supposed to receive on Friday and they're spending it on Wednesday because they're getting an advance on their check that hasn't even went in because they're already broke. Oh my gosh. How do you get out of that hole? You have to stop spending. You do. You have to have a period of time where it's completely uncomfortable. It's the only way to get ahead. That's the only way to get really resound and what's important to you. If you want to keep the lights on, if you want to keep food on the table and not buying steak at the grocery store, maybe buying, you know, some sandwiches or, you know, chicken instead of steak. Right. But the only job. way to grow, Jessica, I love that. That's the way to grow for us to learn is the discomfort. And spending and wrapping our minds around creating a budget and actually doing the work to create that budget and to stick with it. And then all kinds of things become possible, which is why I'm so excited and the say yes experience because that's what it's about. You got to get in that discomfort in order to grow and learn. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it takes little steps that really change the direction that you're going. And it doesn't have to be huge changes. For some, it does have to be because of the situation they're in. But for most people, it is just taking one step in a little bit different direction. And financially, you could have security and financial peace and be in wealth generation by simply making some small changes that have a big impact. I also thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom on money and budgeting and how to have those conversations with kids. We appreciate it. All of the information for Jessica will be in the show notes. So make sure you reach out and connect with her. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Are you ready to move to your next level of rock star greatness? CFO, Chief Fund Officer, number one best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Blaze Rector, is ready to help you do that. At just 10 years old, he's already written two number one best-selling books. Through the power of storytelling, he uses lessons learned and shares strategies, tips, tactics, and tools to inspire, empower, and motivate you to live a more amazing life. So if you're ready to do that in your own life, grab a copy of his number one best-selling books at justcorrector.com forward slash store. And when you order your copies, he will personally autograph them and write you a message on those books before shipping them out to you to really inspire and empower you in your life. These books are great for adults and kids alike. So if you're ready to move to your next level of rockstar greatness, make sure you grab your copy at justcorrector.com forward slash store. Enjoy those amazing, empowering, transformational books. Did you know that the two biggest issues impacting the workforce are mental health and burnout? Well, we have your solution. The more that you feel burned out, the more it impacts your mental health. The more your mental health is impacted, the more it leads to burnout. So it's a vicious cycle that goes around and around, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can help them both if you're intentional and strategic with it. We have lots of resources for you at justcorrector.com forward slash store. One that I want to highlight that really enhances your mental health is Tame Your Brain Game, 52 Tips to Turn Negative Thoughts into Positive Action. Now, research shows that 80% of your thoughts are negative. No matter how positive you feel, it's the pattern and the habit that you've developed over the course of years, over the course of decades. 
and that can often impact your life how you show up how you lead how you communicate how you engage whether at work or at home and then it also impacts a work environment all you need is one nn or tt negative nancy or toxic tim to really impact that work environment so if you are ready to enhance your mental health get your copy of tame your brain game 52 tips to turn negative thoughts into positive action today at justcorrector.com forward slash store all books are autographed with a personal message just for you Thank you so much for being here. Check us out at the sayyesexperience.com. Our mission at the Say Yes Experience is to empower 10 million people to say yes. With your help in sharing our podcast, we can do that. Follow us on all social media at the Say Yes Experience and join our free community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Say Yes Experience. Thank you again to our guest. You can find all the contact information for our guest in the show notes. Thank you to our CFO, Chief Fund Officer, Blaze Rector, our business advisor, Lisa Rehurik, and to our team at Just Corrector Enterprises. We look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Have an amazing day and keep being a rock star.